Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event, Brett Allen. All right. Well, today on the show, first of all, Brett Allen here. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. I have a very special guest. I am so excited about this. We are talking with actress, comedian, storyteller, musician, uh, live from Nashville as we speak, Victoria Jackson. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Brett, it's so nice to meet you. Hi, everybody. I've never done an interview while I'm getting <laughs> my highlights done, but today I triple booked myself. And so I said, Brett, let's just do it anyway. Yes. Yeah, so very cool stuff. I, you and I were talking before I started recording about the fact that, well, I think a lot, everybody knows who you are. You're, you're known for the ukulele and writing songs and fun things, but you mentioned I believe that you're working on or have completed an actual album now that you're getting ready to release here very soon. Yes. What happened was I never hire a PR agent, but what happened was I, I've been in Nashville 10 years. We moved here to um, follow our grandchildren. Me and my husband are retired. He's a retired cop and, you know, actresses are always out of work. So Yes. <laughs> so we moved here and we love it here. It's wonderful. And, but you get, if you live in Nashville, you have to be a singer or a songwriter. Yeah. And when I moved here, I was like, I already am. I already am. I sang on Johnny Carson, my original songs. I've sung with my uke and my stand up act for 30 years. And I sang on Saturday Night Live. And, so I started recently um, compiling all of my songs and putting them on my Instagram, which is Victoria Jackson Official. I think that's what it is. And I started putting little clips from all my songs that I've sung all over the place, Canada and everywhere. And I thought, I, I do have a singing. So my goal is to get to the Grand Old Opry. Okay. 
And it's harder than it looks. I mean, my only obstacle is my voice. <laughs> okay. But you see, Bob Dylan, he didn't have a great voice and it never stopped him, right? No, it didn't. Yeah, that's a very true. Probably the most honest I've heard anybody. <laughs> a lot of people, maybe, depending on what who you're talking about. But yeah, I get that part. It seems like that would make the most sense for sure. Yeah. So I, I, all of a sudden I, I was praying and I said, God, I am so tired of all this negative stuff and uh, politics and everything. And I, I'm, I'm not good in politics. I want to fight for freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And I want the bad people to go to jail and I want the good people to who love God and the Bible and morality to be in office. But uh, it's it's a dirty, dirty business, that politics. And I said, Lord, I want to do comedy again. I, I know that I'm 64 and, you know, I haven't been on SNL for 30 years. All of a sudden, God dropped like five comedy things in my lap. Wow. Two country music videos, three low-budget Christian movies. I had a super funny part. And um, one was called Into the Spotlight. It just came out uh, like a week ago on YouTube. Uh, I play the principal, super funny part. And then I got to be funny in Mason Douglas's music video called um, I Miss America. Yeah, he's coming on the show like in a couple weeks. Yeah, so I then I was in a Logan Seculo film playing a raving lunatic liberal activist. <laughs> I and love that. <laughs> so I got the bug back. And then I was in a 168 film festival, two movies, uh, short films. Uh, it's a Christian film festival. And it got gave me that old bug back in my veins, you know. And so I said to Mason Douglas's PR guy, I met him. And I was like, well, I'm going to be on Huckabee next week. Could you tell the Grand Old Opry gatekeeper to watch my singing on there and maybe consider me to be maybe the next Manny Pearl? So then, thank you for asking. I love to talk. No, you're great. I love this is like a pure joy for me. You have no idea. Um, I think that is so awesome. No, so end of the story is. That yesterday, me and Mason Douglas and his friend Bill DeLuigi, we made up a song in two hours called Mini Pearl. And um, I want to show the Opry people, see if they consider me. Because I think we need a new Mini Pearl now, don't you think? Yes, I grew up watching her too. She was the best, I think. I think we just need lightheartedness and to be able to laugh without being offended. Uh, and to just enjoy comedy, I, I, that's a whole different conversation, but really, cause I interview a lot of comedians and obviously the culture we're in wherever somebody might land, it's just too easy to get offended about anything. And comics that were funny 10 years ago, five years ago, now all of a sudden aren't funny for whatever reason, whether it's the culture, whether people are too woke, I don't know, you pick, it could be many different things. So I think what you're doing is awesome. And I, I hope the best for you because I think that's what we need. Thank you. I noticed people are fighting back. Rob Schneider 
and, and other comedians, they're fighting back. They're saying, you can't tell me what to say. This right. is America, freedom of speech. Yeah. If I want to say there should not be open borders, I'm going to say it. Right. Or, but of course, they make it in a joke and it's easier to, you know, get your ideas across if they're in a joke. But let me ask you something. And I want to ask you if this is offensive because it's not. Okay. Um, Roseanne Barr, she's fighting back, right? Yeah. 100%. She's like, I want to be funny like I used to be and say what makes me laugh. You know, I always made up stuff that made me laugh. And then and then I try it out and they're like, oh yeah, they think it's fun to okay. So here's here's an idea. Here's a joke. My husband only has one expression. I have a lot of facial expressions. My husband has one, but he's <laughs> a cop, so it's a good thing for a cop, probably, you know. Yeah. You know, Paul, the house is on fire. Paul, we won the lottery. So we we worked on his expressions, you know. I taught him like slight surprise. And I taught him big surprise. <gasps> You know, and then he, he he practiced the Ben Stiller one, you know, Blue Steel. You know, he he practiced that. But anyway, I, I thought, you know, it's not his fault that he has no facial expressions because he's Chickasaw, like his mother. They're, they can't help it. They're totem poles. When I met his mother, I I was trying to be politically correct. So I said, how? Is that offensive? I don't think so. No. I, I think with comedy... I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like that Dave Chappelle has said this. So many people like with comedy, you have to, I don't know how to put it because I'm not a comic, but you just have to like be able to laugh. And with the cancel culture that exists and all of this stuff, it's just insane. I I did want to ask you, that is a great joke, by the way. Thank you for sharing that bit. I think it's that's an okay joke. Here's another one. Okay. That I love. Tell me about that. But hold your thought. Hold your thought. Holding. You're going to ask me something. Um, you know, the LGBTQ movement has actually been good for my marriage because I used to get jealous when a pretty girl would walk by my husband. But now I just go, dibs. <laughs> I like that joke. That's really good. Yeah, that's funny. So... <laughs> Okay, so go ahead. What was no, your, no, no? Uh, Finish your thought, please. No, that was really funny. I think you that's think it's offensive to Christians. I don't know. I mean, that again, you know, Christians can be weird, um, and it could be a good weird or just a weird. But again, I think it comes back to just the idea of like you're a comic, and your idea is to communicate thoughts and stories, and have a point of view, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of comedy is to have a point of view. Like if I pay 30 bucks to go see a comedian at a club, I expect to be entertained and to be laughed, whether they're working on a special or on a set or whatever, and to not be offended. You know what I'm saying? And to just go loud. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty solid believer but I like to have fun and laugh and joke. Right. And see, I'm a solid believer in Jesus too, but I don't think that joke is offensive in any way. And also I love Maria Bamford and she's an atheist and I love to watch her. I yeah. just bought her book. I love to hear her point of view. It doesn't offend me. I, I don't like bad language. Like when people use the F word every sentence, 
but like i understand where they're i mean i don't i don't listen to stuff like that but right. i i love to hear other points of view i get tired of being in my own skin and i appreciate their sense of humor even if it's different than mine yeah i think what that's a great way to have me? well i wanted to ask you like you've had a very long career and you are working on new stuff now do younger comics when you do because nashville's a pretty busy place do you ever get approached by other younger artists who solicit you for advice or ask you your thoughts on certain things does that ever happen to you and if so like what what advice do you give well, occasionally <clears throat> so if anyone just tuned in i'm getting my hair bleached blonde <laughs> i love it and so I got foil on my head because uh, they're putting highlights in. Um, sometimes young comics ask me for advice, but, you know, I'm kind of old. So I think that the, the young comics are probably asking hot current comics for advice. Everything's so different now. I mean, they don't even audition you in person anymore. I think people audition online. Yeah, which like this via much. Zoom now. Yeah, like that's different from in my day, and I, it seems much easier than facing a room full of mean-looking people than to put just put yourself on tape. Seems like way better. But um, things have changed. The music industry's changed. The streaming thing has changed everything. So people don't really ask me for advice, but they do like to hear my stories, my showbiz stories. They love to hear those a lot. Yeah, I imagine you have quite a few and you probably get asked that a lot. I, I I was just going through your filmography, TVography. I mean, I I don't even I wouldn't even know where to start. Like we don't have enough time to talk about it because there's so much that you've done. Obviously, SNL is a big part of your life, the Tonight Show. I mean, just for laughs. I mean, so many moments. Is is it hard to just pick one that is a standout to you that really defined you? Obviously, Saturday Night Live might be it. I don't know. You've done so much. Like, I would hate to pigeonhole you into one per thing because there's just so many that you've done. It's crazy. Well, I have had three highlight moments, maybe 10, but my t two top memories are my first time on Johnny Carson, which was 1983. And Jim McCauley, the talent scout, was holding the curtain and he was going to pull it back when he heard my name and I was going to walk out there. And everyone said, if Johnny loves you, you have a career. And if Johnny doesn't love you, you don't have a career. <clears throat> so it was a lot of pressure. But um, Jim McCauley's hand was shaking. And I said, why are you shaking? I'm the one who has to go out there. And he said, because if Johnny doesn't like you, I lose my job. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, thanks. That's even more pressure. So, but um, when wow. I went out there, it went well. And Johnny gave me the okay sign. So that was like the first highlight of my career. And then he had me back on 20 times. So the third time was a highlight because... They said he wanted you back, but you have to do something really big. So I'd already done my best six minutes and my, my B material, my second six minutes. And then I was on the couch, but they're like, he, he, you have to do something really big. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> really big. I, and I thought, Hey, I'll do my balance beam routine from when I was a gymnast. My dad was a coach 
and I'll sing a song. No one's ever mixed gymnastics with singing. So I sang the song Angry Woman and it's on YouTube now. It's in black and white because Jim McCauley knew that Johnny Carson Productions would own all of the material from his shows, but he made it in black and white. It was like some kind of clause so that I could own it. Wow. And I could have it for my life in the future, a copy of it, which was so sweet of him. And so I own that. That's why Carson Productions hasn't erased it off the internet yet. But um, because, you know, they own it. They don't own the black and white version. So anyway, Angry Woman, that was kind of a highlight because I did not fall off the beam. I thought this is only going to be funny and good if I don't fall off the beam because I'm playing a ditz. I don't know. It's like something about the mixture between serious art and gymnastics is serious and dangerous. <laughs> and then ditzy is like the opposite. And I thought, if I fall all over the place, it's not going to be funny. It's going to be pathetic and tragic. But if I actually hit some of my hard tricks, I didn't do the hardest ones because I was 23 and you peak in gymnastics at 14. But anyway, so my other highlight of my career was I'm on Saturday Night Live. I never had, I didn't train with the groundlings. I never had improv training. Lauren picked me by seeing my stand-up. I did, I auditioned with my six minutes from Carson and and so Lauren thought I was funny, I suppose, but um, I didn't know how to write a sketch. I learned on the job, you know, wow. I was trying to keep up with the church lady and the liar and they were brilliant. So I was usually cast as the dits and stuff, which is fine with me because I love playing that. But anyway, so I was always trying to write something. So when Jessica Hahn was involved in the Tammy Baker scandal, Jim and Tammy Baker scandal. She was on the cover of People and said, I am not a bimbo. And then she stripped for Playboy. And one <laughs> of the writers, Christine Zander, threw the People magazine on my desk and it had Jessica Hahn's picture in a big, I am not a bimbo. And she goes, Victoria, this would be perfect for you. And I was like, thinking, well, why isn't she writing it? She's the writer. But I immediately, really fast, wrote a song. I'm not a bimbo. And um, I remember the guy at the desk. Uh, he helped me with some of the lyrics. Was, and um, what's his name? And so then Greg McDaniel, he became a writer after that, successful. Wow. Greg McDaniel, I think. Greg Daniel, something like that. And so anyway... I did it on the update desk and it was a big hit. And I remember walking into the after party and my feet were like 10 feet off the ground because I felt like I got the respect of my peers sure. for the first time because it was something that was happening in the news that week. That's what they were looking for and uh, fit my character or whatever you call it. Anyway, that was like the most exciting moment. I love that. I mean, I hear that a lot from comedians. Like the greatest thing you can get is respect from your peers. I mean, mm -hmm. SNL is so much different. I've talked to a few cast members that not current, but have had one or two year stints. I think you had a pretty long stint on there, like a season maybe. And it just didn't work out for them for whatever reason. 
but yeah. they do stand up and they get the laughs and they have the respect. I'm interested to know, I know we're coming up on our time here, but you're in Nashville, you're working on great music and what a career. I mean, I could listen to your stories all day. I mean, that's just so cool to hear all of that and to just even imagine what times were like then versus what it's like now. As a sidebar, do you watch that show now at all? Or are you pretty far removed from that life and you're working on what you're working on now, raising grandkids and just enjoying your life a little bit? I do try to keep up with Saturday Night Live. Uh, I went to the 40-year reunion and I think the 50th is coming up and I hope I get invited to that. I I have such great memories. It was so exciting and life-changing. It was so stressful. But um, I do try to keep up with it. I think in the last few years, it's become too much of a political yeah. agenda, left biased, left driven right. thing where it's like they're not tr- aiming for comedy as much as they're aiming to brainwash this generation into um, global communism, actually. Yeah, uh, I I, I feel the same way. It's it's just so many opinions and so many. Yeah, it's crazy. We, we used to just try to be funny. Right. And when we did presidents, it was like to be funny. But when Alec Baldwin does Trump, he has so much hate inside of him that it's hard to watch, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Well, he has his own problems now, I think, to deal with. Um, yeah. I know it's crazy. It's just. Sometimes I watch it and I just have to shut it off because I'm like, okay, like there's this great person on there or a great cast. And it's like, I want to laugh, but I find myself getting irritated. So that's not comedy is not supposed to piss you off. Pardon my language. I don't think, you know, not in that way. Well, you have just had such a great career. You have grandkids. When your kids have, did they ever get what you did when they were growing up? I mean, now I'm sure they do, obviously, but were they ever interested in anything, showed any interest in the industry, or were you like, this was great, but I would highly encourage maybe doing something else because it's such a crazy industry? That's a good question. Thank you. My two daughters do not did not want to be in show business because they saw the dark side. Yeah, I'm they sure. They saw that you're always getting rejected. You're always leaning on the public's perception of you. You're always wondering where your next paycheck's going to be. People are nice to you and you don't know if it's real or not. You know, my daughter said, I could tell which of your friends was just trying to use you or, you know, so my two daughters were not interested, but they're creative. So my oldest, Scarlett Hiltabaitl, she's married. She's um, a Christian writer and speaker okay. and for Lifeway. And she's on her like fifth book now. Wow. My other daughter's a great dancer and piano player and singer, songwriter. But she has like a normal job right now uh, with a health thing. Um, a renting doctors out thing. But um she's very creative now the next generation my granddaughter ever ever grace she is an actress singer she has a such a great voice she played the little mermaid oh she was so good and she's and my daughter's sheltering her from 
the you know she's very cautious of what she lets her be in she doesn't want her to go down the route of the child star thing right so she's mostly in like local plays and she she has the bug that i have for acting and she's very comfortable on stage so i kind of get to enjoy that with her and the other one tap dances and the other one uh is an artist wow what a generation to just have. I think that's what we all want as parents. For me, I have a nine-year-old son. I want him to enjoy life and to be a good father, but also leave a legacy for him. That's part of why I do this and talk to these great people. So one day he'll be able to look back and go, oh, my dad did something really cool. Right now he's soccer and video games and he's in drama class, which I was really excited that he wanted to do that. So I think that's cool. That was his own thing. So very cool. Well, I have to say, this has been such a blessing to talk to you. I, I mean, I've talked to amazing people all the time, obviously present company included, but this is a highlight for me. I grew up watching you on television. So to be able to just spend some time with you and and you share your stories has been a blessing. So I really appreciate your time with all of this. Brett, I really Can I say one last thing? Of course. Uh, yeah, you're Victoria Jackson. Of no. course. <laughs> What's your tattoo of? Oh, I have multiple tattoos. They're all oh. circle around my kid in some way, shape, or form. So interesting. Okay. Well, I just want to say that the greatest legacy we can give our kids, I know you agree, is Jesus Christ. Yes. To, to know him and to know God and to love God and to read his word. And the greatest achievement I've ever achieved is that both of my daughters love Jesus and they they study the Bible and they it gives it gives them so much that the world can't give them you know fame and money and the world can't give you supernatural peace and hope for life after death and uh, it sounds like a fairy tale but it's the greatest love story ever and I do believe it's true and I study the Bible all the time and they do too so that's, I think that that's what I'm the most proud of my two little masterpieces. I love it. Victoria, it's been a blessing. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. In the middle Thank of your you hair for, appointment of all things. Thank you, Thank you for not being offended because I'm very not. unorganized and uh, yeah, I'm not good at scheduling things. That's okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate everything. And We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>